Hi and welcome to Detox Talks the Detox a podcast where we talk to some of the world's finest leaders about their detox rituals and how they maintain continuity in a world of noise and chaos how they make sure that the criticism that the world puts on them doesn't affect their insight and they still continue to perform as well as they do thanks for tuning in this is Kunal Chandirmani and you are listening to Detox Talks the Detox we have Dr AJ Menai with us a fantastic human being with such deep insights he happens to be a two time tedx speaker and someone who's been in the industry for years before the industry really even became as prominent as it is today thanks for taking out the time and welcome to detox Absolutely, Kunal. Anything for a great conversation and I'm really really happy to be here. Thanks for having me. From your past TED talks and from a lot of the conversation we had prior to this, you were really fond of change and I think it's really about accepting change there. And because change is such a prominent part of our society in the midst of all this change when change is happening at a pace where most people cannot cope with it and change affects almost every part of our life. how do you think we can stay detox in the midst of a continuously changing world where where we do not really have control of what changes next but because it's perhaps everything so how can we stay detox in the midst of all this constantly changing world and how did you keep yourself detoxed while changing it's a great question but it's a loaded question kunal <laughs> it's a question <laughs> i could answer i could answer this question for days you know i mean there's such a width and breadth to this topic you know i mean there's so many different gurus and experts and authors and speakers and coaches out there who have their own take on this and for me i've realized that you know the entire journey of of my life has brought me to i think almost to an ethos maybe i'd call it an ethos or almost i wouldn't say a religion but almost a science of storytelling i think a lot of people misunderstand the concept of calling oneself a storyteller people often think that you know people use the word storyteller as a buzzword in the marketing world now you know a lot like how people are fluttering around the market talking about being blockchain experts today because a lot of people see the money there you know and and you know i mean the reality is that you know five youtube videos later and a couple of google articles read and all of a sudden everyone's an expert in the blockchain i think that that applies not just to the blockchain it applies to almost everything in our lives i mean we've got an informational overload in the age of digital and uh, we've got information that's super accessible at the fingertips all the time anywhere anytime and i think that's misled to a a huge misconception in everybody's mind that i can learn anything i want at any time and i can actually profess my opinion around that on the basis of surface learning i call it surface learning Surface learning essentially is the ability to know enough about a certain topic just enough to be dangerous but it does not mean at the same time at all having a level of depth in that knowledge right and that depth only comes from experience and it comes from actually pursuing the hard hours and the hard struggle in actually implementing the knowledge that you're learning day in and day out on a particular topic so when you said when you asked me this question about detoxing Uh, for me it all starts with the mind and a lot of the things that we describe as self-limiting beliefs i believe are not just things that limit us but they're also things that actually become part of our lives they they actually become reasons for us to fool ourselves in not becoming the best versions of ourselves 
And I think that's where it really starts. The journey begins in the mind, not in the body. I, I notice a lot of people spend a lot of time improving their body, right? Um, and a lot of people associate daily routine, you know, from, from sleeping on time to eating right, to taking the right supplements, to even meditation, like we were talking about, you know, a lot of things, a lot of people, I think, misunderstand the value of these habits. They're not habits just to improve the body, but they're actually habits to stimulate the mind and to give the mind enough strength to finally break through the shackles that what people ordinarily would call as self-limiting beliefs. For me, that's been a journey that's been accelerated because of a bullied past. And also because of the deep dive of research and market activation that I bought around for brands, both personal and corporate, on brand storytelling. You know, I've realized that a lot of the storytellers out there, there are two categories of them. There are the authentic storytellers, and then there are the fake storytellers. And I, I don't mean to, I don't mean to generalize, but there are quite a few storytellers that are not very authentic in their intentions to tell stories. And their stories are based around revenue generation. Their stories are designed towards renting their stories out and their gift and gab out to people so that those brands and those people can profit from the stories that they've spun for them as a storyteller. But for me, storytelling is life. It isn't just a profession. It is my profession, but it's not just my profession. It is my life. It's my ethos. It's almost a religion for me because I've been able to understand in this journey of storytelling and going into its depth that a lot of the stories that we heard growing up from our adult mentors and from people that we respected, a lot of those stories are simply fake stories that then began to take hold in our minds as actual self-limiting beliefs. Just to give you a very simple example of the story of the hare and the tortoise canal, right? Now, as children, we were told the story and believe it or not, the fables that we were told when we were kids, they did form a foundation in our minds and they do add to whoever we are, even 10 years or 20 years down the line. It might sound really crazy and hard to believe, but it's true that, you know, some time ago, a little kunal somewhere sitting down somewhere in a kindergarten may have heard the story of the hare and tortoise when he was just four or five years old for the very first time. And believe it or not, the very first time you heard it, you may have taken something away from it, even as a child, that has somehow snowballed into a part of your personality, that into who you are now as a person right now on this podcast with me. So once you develop this ability, I, I think it's almost like a superpower. You know, once you develop this ability, being able to tell apart the fake stories from the real ones in your own life, you actually unshackle your mind. And once you unshackle your mind, you start almost automatically learning how to bridge the blind spots that you have as a person. Everyone has their own blind spots. Some people struggle with their workout routine. Some people struggle with managing their work-life stress. Other people struggle with taking care, with taking care of two kids while being a stay-at-home of being a single mom working, you know what I mean? There's so many different people who have different struggles and they have different weaknesses. So in my opinion, if you start to really unshackle your mind by looking at every aspect of your life intentionally, as opposed to just reactively, because we have a tendency of just existing and not living. If you start becoming a lot more self-aware, I believe the detoxification journey that you would describe typically by any expert becomes a lot more easier. I mean, that's my take on it. That's my initial premise on it. It's a lot deeper, but I've just tried to summarize it in 
a couple of paragraphs. So on the same lines, I think one of the earlier things which you mentioned was about people taking up the burden of being an expert about topics which they hardly have an idea of. That really immature expertise really ends up putting a major void in the understanding of that concept within a community. Holding on to that perspective, what do you think is the biggest differentiation about being an expert for a person rather than just showing it to everyone else? How to keep yourself the same photo which you show on your outside, keeping it synchronized with your inside. What would your views be on that? I think again, I mean, coming, touching base, touching back to what I mentioned earlier about being able to uncover the stories that were told to you or the stories that you read or the stories that touched you, no matter how inspirational or motivational they were, you know, I think it takes a certain amount of self-awareness for you to understand, were they stories that actually had inherent value versus what the market wants at this point in time. I mean, a lot of people, a, a very good example of that is how education is, is in many ways today, uh, in my opinion, inadequate in many ways to equip you know, a young child for the future in terms of their career, in terms of their pathway towards becoming both a nine to five employee or even an entrepreneur that wants to hustle. And I still feel that on several counts, education today, statistically speaking, fails in being able to empower and bring out the best version in children in, in that environment during their formative years. And that's, again, that's an example of a story that no offense to even our own parents, that's a story that our parents tell us time and time again growing up. Don't you agree, Kunal? Like, you know, parents would ordinarily in any conventional form or way, they often tell kids anywhere in the world, whether it's in Mexico right. or India or, or US, they'll tell, you know, son, you, you need to study hard uh, because if you don't study hard, you'll end up being like that guy. You know, and they'll point to some guy that they think is, is not the epitome of success in their own mind, right? Now, here's the thing. We live in a world where the epitome of success or the idea of a successful person has been just put upside down on its head. Mm -hmm. When I was a kid and I was playing soccer near my house, there was this one guy out of all the guys who used to play soccer with us. Whenever he wasn't playing with us, he'd be walking around the field, picking up old trash cans, like old, like old drunk out of cola cans and stuff like that and put it into like a, a sack behind him. He was carrying with a stick. And he would pick up all these scoops. He would scoop them up and put them in his thing, right? And he was obsessed with picking up this stuff. And for the life of us, like, you know, a lot of us, a lot of the kids growing up when we were in high school, we used to watch him. We'd be like, dude, what the hell is this guy doing? He's a trash collector before he even became a garbage man, right? And guess what? Guess who this guy is, man? This guy now in Silicon Valley, I mean, it's been about a year and a half, two years since I, I checked in to see where he's at. But about two years ago, I found out that this guy started up a biodiesel and a renewables energy sort of company in Silicon Valley, in which he found a way to turn certain type of material into actual biodiesel fuel and eco-fuel, right? You know, he was sitting on top of a company that was easily worth millions. Now, again, in my opinion, money isn't a parameter of success, but if you want to go down, if you want to put it down into the conventional form of what we're talking about, if anybody told me this when I was a kid, when we were in high school and we used to watch him collect those cans, that this guy's going to go on to the Silicon Valley one day out of Stanford. He's going to go and, you know, create a biodiesel startup that's going to be worth millions. We would laugh at their faces and say, you're absolutely <laughs> nuts. There's no way that could happen. You know what I mean? And that's an example of how education has failed us, right? Because, you know, convention has shackled us and our mental frame of mind 
has been based on these conventional frames of limitation. And really what detoxification for me really means, and this is what I, I'd love to share with your audience, Kunal, is that detoxification begins in the mind, not in the body. The detoxification of against stress, against any, even terminal illness, in my opinion, it begins in the mind, right? And it begins with understanding what are the fake narratives that were given to me that hold me back? And what are the narratives that I either know or don't know at this moment in time that will propel me into the future, that will make me a more capable, a more competent, and most importantly, a more kind individual that will add value, not just to my currency, but to my own legacy. And I, I, really, feel, I really feel that this is something that's completely missing in the structure of our idea or the technology that we're implementing in our idea is the way to go, right? I mean, it's more about, am I using this technology to truly solve a problem? I see a lot of guys coming to me for coaching and mentoring on their startups, and they're always talking about these amazing, wacky, out-of-the-box ideas, and they're really in love with their own ideas. They love these ideas. They're like, wow, man. I'm... At the same time, you look at their faces, and you can see these dark circles under their eyes, and you can see them working day in and day out. They're burning themselves. You know, I always tell them that, are you doing this for the right reasons? I mean, A, are you truly trying to solve a problem that's going to add value, or are you trying to solve another problem? which is adding money to your, to your pocket. Why are you doing this? Why are you actually starting this business? Why are you starting this, this initiative? You know, are you calling yourself an entrepreneur today because it's glamorous? Or are you calling yourself an entrepreneur, entrepreneur because you really feel that you have a duty to bring this idea into a reality for the world's sake, you know? And I think it's just, again, it comes back to a mental frame of mind, right? So at so a personal level, how were you able to detox yourself from these values that might not be the most authentic or might not be the most uh, correct values to stand by, but were put up so deep into your conscious? I got I to gotta say, Kunal, it's, I can't honestly say that I've actually been able to unlearn. I would be lying if I said that. You know, I mean, I think we, no matter how much we try, there are certain parts of us that have seeped into our subconscious and become such a part of our DNA that, you know, it would take almost a lifetime to actually completely, you know, if I were to say detoxify ourselves from them, uh, it's a strong word, but, you know, possibly, yeah, in a crude way to unlearn what you've learned that's become part of your psyche isn't something that one can do overnight, definitely. If I were to give a straight short answer for that, I would say that there is none. There is no actual quick way of being able to unlearn things that have become part of your DNA. But there is one thing that I can add to it that maybe it's a perspective that could help people is that self-awareness is the ability for you to be thinking about what you're thinking. So let me repeat that. Self-awareness is the ability for you to create an added layer, almost like a separate person or another being within your own mind to think about what you're thinking in that moment, right? And it, it almost becomes a, a parallel assistant in your own mind that allows you to audit the way that you think. Not so much just the thoughts themselves, but also the, the ability to audit those, those thoughts. And with self-awareness, I think you develop the superpower where you understand that in any moment in time, you're so much more connected to your emotional intelligence as opposed to just your IQ, but you're also a lot more connected to your EQ. And that, in my opinion, gives you a, a much higher chance to fight off fake or inauthentic narratives that come your way, you know, or even fake or authentic narratives that you eventually uncover that are part of your DNA, 
and you start to realize that, wow, you know, maybe it isn't the way that I've thought about it all along. Maybe this isn't the way things were meant to be. Maybe this is just one huge illusion that's benefiting, you know, a couple of key parties around the world for a narrative that's obviously taking the world in a monopolistic stance. Uh, education is one of those aspects. You know, a lot of people describe pharmaceuticals the same way, big pharma. A lot of people decide, describe capitalism and big business the same, Wall Street mentality, you know. And I think once you start to actually develop a certain amount of emotional intelligence, you start to understand, okay, I need to at any given one moment start to be very, very conscious about at this very moment, what are the thoughts the thoughts that I'm having in my mind at this very moment, am I actually thinking them for the right reasons? Am I actually going through this process? It's almost like you're deploying a design thinking workshop in your own head. Every time you're having a thought, you know, on the surface, the thought sounds very logical, very tempting, and something that you think makes absolute sense. But the longer you sleep on that, I, I've realized that time, the more time you give a thought to settle in your mind, the better it is to a certain extent for you to have the clarity and the finality to understand whether or not that thought is one worth having. And I truly believe that in any given moment, like you right now and me right now, at this moment, the majority of our mind is filled up with about 70, 80% of trash. I mean, it's information, but it's trash. It really adds no value or it doesn't add either way on the side of good or bad. It's just neutral preferenced, opinionated-based information that's, that's swirling around our heads, but it really doesn't add any actual apparent value to this very conversation I'm having with you. It doesn't add any value to this decision, any decision you need to take in this very moment. And that's why it's really important that people recognize this. Once people recognize the fact that, you know, I need to audit my own thoughts and I need to work a lot more on my emotional self-awareness in anything, not just in business and not just in life, but in, in my business. Because, you know, with a capitalistic mentality, a lot of the business schools and a lot of the people that I speak to, they've always inclined themselves to believe that business and life are two separate, almost like two separate personalities. You know, they've always, a lot of the gurus and experts that we, we look up to have also implied that, you know, you, you know, you can't have an emotional positioning within business that you need to have a mindset that's clear from emotion in order to be a more effective businessman. I think that's crap. That's complete bullshit. I think that your, your heart and your ability to lead with your heart is the key to being a holistically better human being. And that also means, as a byproduct, a better businessman or a businesswoman. So on the lines of the same, something we spoke about earlier, about you facing a lot of bullying and a lot of bullying, not just from your peers, but a lot from your teachers and your, in the early part of your school life. And further to that, it really stayed with you for a long while about the bullying that specifically came in from the teachers. So at one point with all that negativity to coming at you together for a substantial amount of time after it was thrown at you, how were you at one point finally able to not let that negativity overpower you? For, for me, for the longest time, I think it comes from a central belief, uh, Kanal, that you know, I think a certain part of us, I'm sure you can connect with this because you've also got a past where you felt marginalized and you felt that you were, you were you know, singled out growing up as well. You know, I'm, I know you've got a past that's very similar to mine when it comes to the bullying and stuff. I think despite all of that, there's a part of the human spirit that always wants to identify with others. There's a part of the human psyche 
that always wants to feel like it belongs, right? It doesn't want to feel like it's alone. You know, the idea of being alone in a dark room with no candle and no way or no benchmark to lead you out of that, that darkness, it often scares people. And so people then dedicate their lives to finding those answers, but they make this huge mistake. They think that those answers they're looking for are going to be found elsewhere in someone else or something else. But the truth is those answers they're looking for are within themselves. And that's exactly why things like meditation work wonders. That's exactly why you could tell me before we had this call that what you struggle to do in one day, you could do now within a couple of hours, you know, just by doing meditation. And the same for the week to a day ratio. What you struggle to do in one week, you could do in one day now, right? And that, that has a lot to do with activities and things like meditation. Why? Because the searching that you're doing for the solace you're looking for is happening on the inwards in meditation. It's not happening on the outwards. And so any activity that you can do that allows you to introspect and build an emotional intelligence and self-awareness will eventually lead you down the path of actually having outstanding external results in your life. And that's exactly what you're experiencing firsthand. And that's why you're doing detox as a podcast. Am I right? Right. So right. there are, there's a huge, there's a huge body of knowledge on this, but in terms of specifically your question about dealing with negativity, I would say just one thing. We have to really fight the urge to fit in. I mean, that's something that I've struggled in my 20s with. I struggled a great deal with having to deal with a part of myself that felt like, how long, how long more do I have to feel like I am misunderstood by others? How long do I have to feel like I'm not cool enough to be part of the gang? How long do I feel like I'm not popular like the other people, right? And I realized that, you know, it just hit me one day, Kunal. I mean, I, I, I don't even remember when it hit me. I don't know. I don't remember the turning point, but it hit me at some point. Man, have I gotten this wrong? Like, I've been looking at this wrong all along. Like, you know, it's not about, life isn't about fitting in. It's about standing out. You know, and, and being alone, being alone is, is not being alone. You're not alone. You're simply temporarily ahead of the crowd. You're ahead. If life was a race, you're simply just a couple of laps ahead of everyone else in a particular thought process in which everyone else, because they're four or five laps behind you, they may not see it. But eventually, one day, they'll reach where you're at and they will see it. And they'll be like, damn, wait a second. Wasn't there this guy called Kunal who actually used to say this? And, and wait a second, I, I, I could have sworn I saw his TEDx talk where he talked about this concept. And at that time, I thought he was, you know, batshit crazy. But damn, now I'm here and I see this happening. Dude, that guy was right. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's how they go. They, they, that's the epiphany that happens. And of course, the reality is, if you're genuinely not an arrogant person, if you're generally not someone who's leading their life via ego, then you would never say these things out loud to anybody else because it would come across as very pompous and very arrogant. You would never say to someone else that, oh, by the way, I'm not crazy. Uh, the reason why you can't say it is because you're not there yet. You know, it's a very Sheldon Cooper thing to say to someone, right? No, I mean, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, you know, it's a very Sheldon Cooper thing to think. It's a reference to the Big Bang Theory. Anybody who's watched the Big Bang Theory, you know what I'm talking about. You know, but the reality is that all of us, in many ways, in different ways, are in some areas of thought processes ahead of other people around us. They do have thoughts that are futuristic. You know, it's not exclusive to one person. It is something that everyone in their lives has. 
and, and that's exactly why I have a huge problem with the concept of, you know, our entire entertainment industry building up towards the concept of the chosen one. In every movie and every drama and every, every you know, blockbuster mainstream movie, you know, and, and, and story, they, there's always that concept of someone who was chosen and destined to save the rest of us, right? That's absolute bullshit. I mean, that's crap. It's, it's, that's the biggest pile of shit anybody could feed anybody else. Because the reality is the only person that's going to save you is you. That's the reality. Like if you need a superhero in your life, look in the friggin' mirror, man. Look at the mirror. And you know what? Once you develop a certain amount of self-awareness and emotional intelligence, I swear to you, you may look in the mirror every day, but you don't see what I see in you. But when you wake up in the mirror and you develop it to a certain extent about all the, the aspects that I was talking about earlier on this podcast, if you truly believe and you truly see things that I see in myself ever since I've embraced self-awareness, I've embraced the detoxification of the mind by being intentionally aware of the fact that at any time, 80% of the information swirling around my head while I have to make this decision is trash. If you develop this auditing ability, trust me, when you finally look at the mirror from those day onwards, you will actually start to see the hero that I see. You will actually start to see the savior that I see. But right. until then, you're just going to see a plain Jane or a plain Joe. Right. It's not that they're not there. They're there. You just need to find your cape, man. It's all about detoxing, about taking those few minutes out in the midst of a very busy routine to go ahead and try to do whatever helps you detox to be able to increase productivity for the rest of the minutes you're awake. On the same lines, earlier you, you were speaking about a couple of tricks or hacks which you personally use in your life to stay positive and stay detox. Uh, prior to moving on to the rapid fire round, let's discuss that. With regards to the hacks, so there are three things that I, I think have really helped me. One is I've realized that making it a point to read every day is a form of meditation. <laughs> so one thing, one thing that I've really uncovered in my own life is if I take out an intentional amount of time every day, no matter how busy I am, to read any form of new knowledge. And again, I'm not one of those guys who's going to be obsessed with just books. I'm talking about eBooks, articles, anything you want, anything that you think really brings about an uncovering of a new piece of knowledge in your own life, irrespective of the medium. If you intentionally take out the time to really pursue that knowledge, I think it has the same effect that meditation has on you. It allows you to go deeper into yourself. And while doing that, you have an excuse. The excuse is you're, you're gaining that new knowledge, but a lot of people will come to you. I'm sure you've got a lot of friends who tell you the same thing, Kunal. Oh man, I can't meditate, bro. I'm just too restless. I'm ADHD, bro. I can't do this. I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not that meditation type of guy. I, I'm really not into, you know what I mean? And, and when they do that, you know, when they say that, I always tell them, okay, then just do the next best form of meditation. They're like, what's the next best form? Read something, you know, just read, read anything. Spend a consistent amount of time uninterrupted to read something. And they're usually like, how much of time do you think I should spend? I said, minimum 30 minutes, a minimum of 30 minutes in your busy day of hustling. Take out 30 minutes, schedule it in your calendar, call it reading as a, as a calendar entry, and then actually do it, right? That's, that's one hack. The other hack that the other hack that I find very, very, it's worked for me immensely, is spend time trying to just look at things over and over again. I was talking about this earlier in the last, the last question you asked me. 
when you wake up in the morning, look at the mirror, not for the sake of vanity, but look at the mirror and just keep looking. Look at everything around you that you take for granted. Walk into your home and if you've got a balcony, stand on the balcony and look at the balcony for a while. You know, take a few extra minutes to look at things that you've seen your entire life, but you've never looked at them. You've never actually seen them. You've just looked at them in passing because your mind has been so busy entertaining that 80% of trash in your mind, right? You've not had a chance to really slow down, empty out your mind and, and just sit there for a few minutes longer and, and look at the things that you think are mundane and very obvious. For me, throughout the day, I've got Zoom meetings back to back, whether it's podcast calls like this one, meetings with business partners in different parts of the world, any of the ventures that I'm running, you know, you know, the whole routine, you know, you know, the rat race I'm talking about, you know, so, you know, right. essentially I, I always get up, I've got, I live in a condo. So I, I walk out to the balcony and I, I just sit down in my balcony and I look around and I start to just sort of look at things like the most mundane, ordinary things like a leaf or an ant. And if you look at an ant, man, you'll be blown away. I know this sounds crazy, Kunal. Maybe I'm batshit crazy, bro. But I'm telling you, I swear to God, if you spend 10 minutes looking at an ant, you will be blown away by the sophistication of the machinery that's gone into creating that ant. You will be blown away by the behavioral patterns of a creature that you take for granted, usually, <laughs> right? And that's the third, that's right. a, that's the second, second hack. And the third one, which is the final one, is... Spend time learning and listening to stories. For me, I enjoy finding the most random people around me and listening to their stories. So for me, I'm always infatuated by the fact that, you know, I live in a condo. So sometimes I just go down to the guards, the Nepali guards in my condo. And I sometimes just ask them to tell me a story. Tell me, I start off with a simple conversation, like, tell me about your day. And they share a story in which something or another intrigues me. And it opens up my mind from the usual business focuses that I have throughout the day. We're, we're, really, we're very self-involved people, bro. All of us are very selfish as human beings today. We live in a very inhuman time, like you said. So it's really important to listen more often to other people's stories. I think you grow as a person much more that way. So these are the three right. hacks, bro. So we're gonna be moving on to the rapid fire round. That's my favorite part. So you have a couple of seconds to answer every question. And the moment you go to the last syllable, we move on to the next one. So you wake up in 2030. What is the first thing you Google? Is COVID-19 over? Your favorite detoxing drink? Turmeric, lemon, and black pepper. If given a chance to time travel, where would you go? Past or future? Past. The gut or the mind? The mind. Mountains or beaches? Beaches. Your biggest fear? Not having a legacy when it's over. Mac or Windows? Always Mac. Sorry, Bill Gates. iPhone or Android? iPhone all the way, man. Running or cycling? Running. Netflix or YouTube? YouTube. Morning walks or evening walks? Morning walks. LinkedIn or Facebook? LinkedIn, hands down. There was one destination you had to go to where, where you would have to spend the rest of your life without any connectivity. Where would it be? New Zealand. And if you had a person to go there with? Ryan, my business partner. You just heard an episode on the Detox Podcast. Do not forget to subscribe on your favorite streaming platform, whether it is Spotify or iTunes. We are there.